Scott, someone needs to get fired. You wrote it, didn't you? No, of course. Did you? Are you being serious? Yeah, you did it. I know you did it. That's the worst. We are back for another. We are we are back for another packed day. We will update you. We will update you know on everything from the war because we are talking about the war here. Yeah. To you, local news. Yeah, the news anywhere Cracking you are in the world. Anywhere you are in the world, we're going to update you on that. You local news. So. So today in Armenia, they are looking for peace deal with Kazakhstan. <laughs> which Kraken spelled wrong is in trouble with SEC. Let's discuss. Great. Great. I don't, I don't know who did it, so it's fine. Whatever. Oh, I know who did it now. And this is one of our best writers. So I don't know what the hell they were on. I just found out who did it. Someone that does <laughs> my tweets as well. They're, they're beasts. So no joke. No way they did it. Uh, I don't, let me. Let me. What are you uh, let me send it back. That's going to be fun. I enjoy this shit. This is where I let out my, my all my negativity since childhood. I let it out on my team members when they make mistakes like this. That's how I am a good manager. That's good. That's healthy. That's healthy. Yes. It is, yeah. That's why I have a very high turn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how are you when you're back in action? Yeah. Yeah. If you ever need to hire, just come look at people leaving my company. They've been trained in everything, and then they leave. Just hire them. <laughs> it's the best strategy. Perfect. Yeah, I think we're just waiting to get everybody up. We've got a, a few of the guests on. Um, and then we can get going. A lot of uh, lot of action with exchanges. I don't know if you just saw this, but I keep seeing, literally as we were signing on, some vague mention that the DOJ, the Department of Justice, is going to announce crypto enforcement actions at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think last time they did that was Bits Lotto. Very exciting. But hold on. So that's the Kraken. What is Kraken facing? Oh, so this is different. So Kraken, uh, very similar SEC. SEC enforcement action, civil yeah. as Coinbase, although it did sort of loosely, I think, mention a, a commingle of, commingling of funds or assets in the Kraken one, which I don't believe it was in Coinbase. Of course, we have the uh, $4 billion uh, mafia payment, <clears throat> I mean, settlement. Uh, between the DOJ and Binance, then Bittrex and Global announcing they're going out of business. But now, just as we were talking, I, I have to find it. Uh, it's not in our breaking news, but um, which we don't really haven't done in a while. But um, it's uh, I saw it somewhere on on X that uh, there's going to be some DOJ enforcement action announced. I'll find it. Yeah, they said that at 3 p.m. EST tonight, today, they're going to make an announcement. It's Lotto Part Two. No, something, no, uh, no, 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 no. This is much more serious because this one could it be Binance? It could be. Um, I'm not saying it is. Though I don't want to fudge, but it could be Binance. The reason is that actually Yellen's involved in this one. I mean, you're talking about the Treasury Secretary also coming out and and um, and talking. So I'm, I'm not not fudging, and I don't have any details. Of course, I mean this is all, you know, pretty pretty new, but. Uh, they are talking about uh, they are talking about some pretty big action here. So what about maybe we can maybe you can kick it off with just an overview on the four billion. I read it briefly on on Bloomberg. The four billion dollar is that just a rumor? So let's just quickly go through this one. It says uh, lineup: Attorney General Merrick Garland, then Secretary of wow. Treasury Janet Yellen, then the Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, and CFTC Chairman Rustin Benham. So, I mean, if you read between the lines here, this has got something to do with the CFTC. There's no SEC here. Uh, the Deputy Attorney General is on, the Attorney General is on too, and Secretary um, of, of the Treasury, Janet Yellen's on. 
So, and, and, and to quote them, it's to announce significant action at 3 p.m. It's not action, it's significant action. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into the, into the, 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 the fine print here. I don't know if, if, if that makes sense, but I mean, something is happening. Now, probably worth noting that the Bloomberg article yesterday came out about the $4 billion on uh, Binance. And what the article effectively says is that it seems that the US, that there might be a settlement in the Binance, in the Binance case, um, which is a four, around a four, it says, uh, just to, it says more than $4 billion to end the case. Now, it also says in the same article, it says negotiations within the Justice Department and Binance include the possibility that its founder, Chopping Jar, would face criminal charges in the US under agreement to resolve the probe into alleged money laundering, bank fraud, and sanctions violation. So that happened. And also, we saw $4 billion exactly on the move uh, on, in Binance. I don't know if that is what it is, but um, uh, I mean, yeah, this is a thing. Um, my researchers have just said, hold on, my researchers have just sent me something, following the investigations by Tether OKX and the US Department of Justice. Okay, so my researchers have just pointed out something. They're saying that Tether tweeted something that says, following investigations by Tether OKX and the US Department of Justice, Tether voluntarily freezes 225 million in stolen USDT. They're saying it could be linked to that. I don't think it, it's linked to that. I think it's something much more significant. So that is the that is the Binance story. Now I don't know if we're gonna get um, if we're gonna get uh, um, uh, what's his name uh, John jo John Reed Stark on because he talks about the mechanics of what this is. It's called deferred prosecution agreement. My understanding as a layperson around a deferred prosecution agreement is that we don't prosecute you. The reason we don't prosecute you is for two reasons. One is if we do prosecute you, it's going to shut down your enterprise. And two, if we do prosecute you, then it is going to to um, to hurt many uh, many innocent third parties, um, and like, like the Binance customers. And so, generally, the DOJ could do this instead of they could say, "Look, you pay four billion dollars, you know, maybe or maybe not. CZ comes to the US and faces some kind of criminal charges, maybe similar to what Arthur Hayes did." And then after that, you know, the Binance continues to operate and you pay the $4 billion and, and, and we move on. So that could be, uh, this could be around that. I don't know. I'm not sure if anybody else has got any, any opinions here. Well, we have a number of lawyers. Uh, so yeah, go ahead, Carla. Yeah, good morning. I'm, I'm on a little bit of a break from court, but I did want to pop in while I'm on a break. Uh, interesting development. I, I commented yesterday about it. I just, I don't see the likelihood that he would agree to do this, but anything is possible, especially if it will spare the company. But I can't see a scenario in which the company would be able to continue to do business in the United States under any of these proposed uh, arrangements. You know, the best case scenario would be a straight up civil forfeiture agreement where they just don't prosecute, accept the payment in lieu of prosecution and call it a day. The other options that were just discussed, of course, would be pay the restitution and forfeiture amount, agree to a lesser charge, but that's going to require a plea and an admission of guilt or this deferred prosecution agreement, which is basically pretrial diversion. They're going to have to make some admission of guilt and they're going to have to agree to certain 
uh, terms and conditions. And once they satisfy those conditions, they avoid prosecution. But all in all, it just, I don't know. But why, Carlo, Carlo, I don't, I, I don't get, why wouldn't he accept it? I, 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 wouldn't someone do anything they can to avoid criminal charges, to avoid going to jail? Or there's a possibility of going to jail? He's, he's, he's not a United States citizen. He lives overseas. Uh, he's not indicted yet. He may think he has a case. He may think he may have some strong footing. Who knows? But, but isn't the likelihood of winning against the federal government extremely low? Yes. Yes. The odds are generally stacked against you once you've been indicted. So I, I agree with you. It would be collectively in the best interest to avoid criminal prosecution. But the way that article was reported, we just don't have enough information because they're saying that it, they would agree to pay the four billion dollars and still be criminally prosecuted. So I'm unclear whether that means a deferred prosecution agreement or whether that means some kind of a plea to a lesser charge. And the fact that they're offering this, doesn't that mean like for them not to want to harm yeah, uh, Binance it, it, customers, for example? I don't know if I'm not doesn't that mean, Mario, did you Can you hear me? In? Yeah, yeah, can you hear me? I don't think I can hear can you Mar Mario's talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 Sorry, Mike, thank you. Yeah, yeah, so just... Yeah, leave. Please don't come back. So my question, though, is if they're doing this, Carlo, doesn't that mean, you know how we're always calling it a witch hunt against crypto? But if they're making an offer like this, doesn't that mean they don't want to harm crypto? And they just, you know, it's just the, 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 the law. Mario, I think one of the things, doing what it's meant to one do. One of the things you got to look at is that when, when do they make these DPAs? There's two scenarios under which they, well, it's one scenario under which they make the DPA with two sub, sub, with two subsections. One is if it will cause a collapse of the corporate defendant and trigger a litany of unintended consequences to the global financial marketplace and innocent third parties. Now, you could say that, that um, uh, uh, this would cause a, a, um, a, a global financial crisis if you have a $1 trillion industry basically get smacked by, by, by the DOJ, right? And I think the DOJ doesn't want to be seen to be doing that. That's a possibility. Carlo. Yeah, that is certainly a possibility because there would be severe collateral consequences to something as big as Binance being taken down. Now, if the government feels that this payment uh, would be satisfactory justice for what they've done and what they're alleging to have, have been done in the United States, sure. It's a compromise that could spare a massive uh, crisis with respect to global crypto markets because Binance is number two in the world. I wish I could stay in the conversation, gang. I will try to jump in later. That's right. Yeah, jump in later, Carlo. But, but yeah, Joe, question for you is that how common is this? How common is it for them to make an offer like this? Where you, without surprising to me when I write it on Bloomberg, so but then guys, again, I'm so, not an expert. Sorry to be, sorry to be. Something just got published on the Department of Justice's website. It says, cyber scam organization disrupted through seizure of $9 million in crypto. I don't know if it's related to that. But that just came out on their on their website. So the Department of Justice announced the seizure of nine million dollars worth of tether pegs to the US dollar. These seized funds were traced to cryptocurrency addresses allegedly uh, associated with an organization that exploited over 70 victims through romance scams, cryptocurrency confidence scams, which are widely known as pig butchery. So um, I don't know if widely known as what? Well. reported something similar was reported last week. I'll have to dig for it. But that was the first first time I'd heard the pig butchery. Uh, Quote, which is yeah. why I know that, that that I think there's a follow up on ooh, something ooh. previous. And maybe Ryan, Ryan, you were asking a good question earlier, and you said, uh, "I wish John was here." John Reed Stark was here. Well, John is here. John asked a question again for John. 
Well, I mean, maybe John, maybe you can give us some insight into into when a DPA is 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 when the SEC and why you think that the, the SEC is actually doing a DPA, not the SEC, the Department of Justice. DOJ is actually yeah. DOJ is, is is talking about a DPA, and maybe also just help us read into this where where we have Jan, you know, in, in terms of who's speaking, you have Janet Yellen. You have uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland. You have Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco. You have CFTC Chair Rustin uh, Benham. Like, are we reading too much into this, or 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 should we be reading into the names that are on this list? See, well, yeah, I I can't tell you for sure. It's always tough to handicap these things. I mean, there's one Bloomberg report which you know I read and. Uh, the reporters on that report, I think, are very responsible. I've worked with some of them before. So we have this idea of a DPA. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with the Department of Justice on DPAs before. It seems to me, okay, they've gotten a little more popular maybe since Arthur Anderson because that was such a bad call by the Department of Justice when they charged Arthur Anderson and then the whole company just fell apart and is gone. And then ironically, the, the public company accounting oversight board is now working out of their headquarters. So th we've been reading about this tension for the Department of Justice. We don't know if it's true or not, but we've read about this tension that on the one hand, they're worried about Binance's customers. They're worried about the impact on the marketplace if they were to initiate a criminal case against Binance. But on the other and on the other hand, also Binance is apparently cooperating with them, with DOJ to some extent, providing them with critical information regarding perhaps incidents of terrorism, sanctions evasion, and other crimes, even ransomware. So on the one hand, justice wants to maintain that sort of stability and doesn't like the unanticipated consequences when you sue a giant financial firm like Binance. But on the other hand, you have the allegations contained in the CFTC action and in the SEC action, which are quite scathing. I mean, they essentially allege a, a vast global criminal enterprise orchestrated by a few people. And the SEC went so far as to seek an emergency asset freeze, which is the biggest they've ever done in history. So there's a lot of extraordinary things happening with respect to Binance. So what do I think about a potential DPA? I did put out a very detailed uh, post on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, explaining all the issues that come up when you do a DPA. And to me, the most significant is the fact that it typically involves a very extensive monitorship. Like not only do you have to make all sorts of admissions with respect to facts and making those kind of inculpatory statements can have tremendous collateral consequences for the CFTC action, the SEC action, and any of the private actions that are out there. These are admissions that anyone can use for any purpose. And it's rare, I don't think I've even ever seen it in a DPA that those admissions can't be used in other actions. That's why the SEC always has that neither admit nor deny in their settlements, because they don't, they, they give up that collateral damage, that collateral potential in those cases. So having a monitor, I've worked on a lot of cases which involve a monitor, and the monitor gets unfettered access, has to report quarterly to places like DOJ or if it's a monitor for the SEC to the SEC. And if you screw up with that monitor, all bets are off. So, and I don't know that any crypto firm has ever had that sort of scrutiny. 
you know, a, a 24-7 financial colonoscopy, 365 days a year by an independent firm that's all up in your business in every way, shape, or form, and you're paying those fees. So I think that's a fairly onerous expectation. I would expect a very, given the allegations of the CFTC complaint and the SEC complaint, I would expect a comprehensive monitoring requirement. So I, I have my doubts whether this will happen. Maybe the other lawyers on the call disagree, but I just have my doubts about it. Joe? Yeah, thanks for having me up. So let's go to the first question, how common is this? And there was some research uh, that's been released periodically from NYU Law School that shows there continues to be a dramatic rise in the use of NPAs and DPAs. And uh, to give you some color to that, you know, between 93 and 2001, there were only uh, 11 uh, recorded cases they were able to find where there were DPAs or NPAs that were used, non-prosecution agreements. Uh, that number, the following 10 years, uh, went up by like five or six fold, you know, close to 100 examples. And in the previous 10 years, you're getting to 150 examples through the whole country, right, that are that are documented and publicly reported. So um, it continues to be sort of a trend that you're seeing. And, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. I do agree with sort of John's comments. And I, and I would go a little bit stronger. I actually am, am very skeptical of the reporting. I, you know, I know John uh, sort of vouched for the reporters that put this out, but um, you know, you got un, you've got un, unnamed sources. Uh, you know, they they I try to review the exact language, you know, because that's important to uh, respectable journalists that are publishing this stuff. And you know, they're they're using terms like you know sources close to the uh, the investigation or sources with knowledge. I'm very skeptical that this leak came from anyone at DOJ. Um, I, I would put money on it that it came from someone within Binance's orbit or related to Binance's orbit, um, and you know potentially it's an effort to front run what. Uh, is actually a breakdown in negotiations and a breakdown in any agreement and anticipated charges. Uh, that's my view. What do you mean? What do you mean a breakdown in any agreement or any charges? Are you are you insinuating that they may that that you think that maybe they were in discussions that discussions broke down and now, like I'm just trying to work out the logic of how you go from. Yeah, that's my that's my speculation. I mean, so some you, good news ahead of the bad news. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. If, if you were, well, I don't know if it's good news. I mean, if it's an un, untenable agreement, if you had the opportunity as Binance to paint this as nothing more than a shakedown or, you know, some sort of, you know, oh, they wanted $4 billion and we're going to fight it. Um, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you, uh, you know, if you weren't going to actually, you know, agree to the onerous terms that John just outlined, you know, the financial colonoscopy, which does not seem to be acceptable to Binance, why wouldn't you want to get ahead of it, get that out, let it know, let it be known that this is coming to sort of hope, hopefully soften the blow when the news does eventually break. That's my view. I could, it's, yeah, you know, you know, speculation. Yeah, Joe, Joe could be right. It's, it's difficult to know. One thing I think Joe will tell you and I'll say is that when you're defense counsel in these matters, you'll ask for anything. You'll ask the SEC for a 21A report instead of a case, you know, where the SEC just can put out a report of, of the findings of their investigation and not actually file a, a federal action. You'll ask for an NPA. You'll ask for a DPA. You'll ask for anything short of actually having to um, have these criminal charges filed against you and risk prison. You know, now remember, that's a big thing to understand here is that the DPA, this is typically, suppose you have a corporation that's been reorganized or has had some wrongdoing and they really want to make things better for the shareholders, better for their employees, better for the marketplace, and they want to get rid of all the people that have done anything wrong. That's the kind of company that will do a DPA because they still have to cooperate with respect to all of the individuals.
So that's why these lawyers can't really represent the company and the individuals together, though they do it all the time, because the individuals are still in peril after the DPA with the company. It's just an effort by the Justice Department to let this business sort of keep going to avoid, again, the anticipated consequences and the unanticipated consequences of a seismic event like a criminal prosecution of a major financial firm. But trying to guess as to which side, I mean, I don't think these leaks came from the Department of Justice. That would really shock me. Uh, I think that, you know, in my experience of, uh, again, uh, being an instructor at the Quantico at the FBI Academy, being a former criminal prosecutor myself, a former enforcement lawyer, I, I can't think of a single time in my entire career that I ever leaked anything with respect to any investigation. And when it comes to something as sensitive as this, I would think uh, that would apply exponentially. So, so just to be clear, John, are we defense people? Go ahead. So, so just to be clear here, because I think a lot of people were celebrating the Binance potential news yesterday as a win for the crypto agency. Binance pays their fine. Uh, moves on, operates as a functional business, and we get a better resolution than maybe some people expected. But the implication here is that this is just a Bloomberg story leaked probably from somebody who has a vested interest in that being the perception of what's happening, and we shouldn't and we shouldn't draw any conclusions. A absolutely. I mean, I think that I wouldn't draw any conclusions at all from the leak. It, Sorry, John. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. I'm just saying, ahead, Scott, Joe. that's exactly it, right? I mean, that was the perception when the story, this is just going to be a slap on the risk. It's not a big deal. $4 billion finance, that's for Binance, that's jump change. Um, you, you have to think, why would who would have a vested interest in getting that story out there? It's certainly not DOJ, in my opinion. I know, it just seems, it, it seems curious if the uh, action being announced by the DOJ today at 3 p.m. Yes, <laughs> curious timing, but it doesn't seem like uh, there would be much benefit to that leak 24 hours in advance. But then again, maybe the announcement's coming quickly behind it for that reason. I just, yeah, I just don't see this kind of like strategical leaking. You know, again, having worked in law enforcement for 20 years, I, I just, I think it's something you see on TV. But in the real world, it spins out of control and it's stupid and you can go to jail for it. So, you know, and they just scare the bejesus out of you when you are uh, beginning as, as a staff attorney, as a prosecutor about that idea. But I think what bothered me about the, the information about the deferred prosecution agreement was that there seemed to be this idea, and you're right, that, you know, hey, this is just going to pay a fine. It's not. That's why I put up that exhaustive tweets. I know Mario hates when I put up these tweets that are are 15,000 words. But in my mind, it's important to understand the scope and comprehensive nature of the typical deferred prosecution agreement and the, 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 the paradigm that they work under, which is that a company really wants to do better and is going to shed any individual who has done anything wrong and fully cooperate and be up and running. Uh, this would be a, a very, very significant agreement subject to a lot of scrutiny. And remember, it goes before a judge as well. And you never know. The judges are typically not that active when it comes to these agreements, but there haven't been that many of them to know for sure. And you know if you were to get, for example, Judge Rakoff, right, Joe, in New York, you can expect some scrutiny of that agreement because he's scrutinized SEC agreements along the same lines. So talking about this as being a slap on the wrist, pay the $4 billion and move on, I think people really got that wrong in the initial reactions.
Yeah, John, I, I mean, I know it's speculation, but but Rand kind of alluded to this before. It's a pretty much an all-star lineup coming to make this announcement at 3 o'clock. I mean, is your feeling that this is probably Binance-related, or are we going to get uh, completely blindsided here by something we have no idea about? Bitlazo. Oh, I have no Bitlazo. idea. Bitlazo, Bitlazo. <laughs> I know, because last time it was literally Bitslato, but I can't imagine you bring Janet Yellen in for the uh, Bitslato announcement, right? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I can't predict that. Yeah, I think... You know, one thing I can tell you for sure is that no one understands just how many people are cooperating in these crypto-related investigations because you're dealing with a lot of lawyers and consultants and accountants who, if you walk up to them and threaten them with prison time, which I've been in the room when that happens, they will sing like canaries, okay, 100% of the time because the idea of prison is anathema to someone who's you know, spent most of their life doing professional consulting, professional counseling. It's one thing when you're dealing with a company and the insiders who are true crooks, but it's another when you're dealing with the lawyers and the yeah. accountants. And you saw it in FTX, you know, it was an easy prediction to make. I remember Joe and I both said that, that there were going to be lots of cooperators. So in these circumstances, there are loads and loads of cooperators. It is easy to find people to cooperate. You line them up, you meet them one by one. You can say, you say, hey, you got five minutes to tell me whether you're cooperating or not. If not, move on. We'll start with the next one. And uh, yeah. that's true. The movie, the depiction in Law and Order in the movies of that type of scene is, an, is absolutely 100% true. And I've been in the room for a lot of those. Quickly, there's a slight, at least this is coming from the block. It says USAG Merrick Garland, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will announce separate but related cryptocurrency enforcement actions at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's coming from Bloomberg. Uh, so what, do, hold on, what, do, what, does, what does that mean, separate but related? means that they, uh, I guess probably DOJ and Treasury will have separate charges maybe against the same person. I, that, I mean, it's a bit vague, but that they're not the same. Can, that, but there's can, a reason but, that both of them are there. Was there was the last bits whatever bits load or whatever it was? Did it have separate but related as well or no? I don't remember honestly. I can't. I mean, when that. you have when you have Janet Yellen, that could mean that OFAC, the Office of Foreign Assets Control, uh, could be involved, and that has to do with money laundering, with payments, with pay, making payments to terrorists, with lack of internal controls relating to uh, money laundering, to anti money laundering. So that could be why Treasury's involved. I hate to speculate, especially on this kind of call, because you know we really are just only guessing. But I, I would sense that when how, how Treasury involved is probably OFAC. Go ahead. Yeah, I was getting. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, just on, no. Sorry. Right. Yeah, I got I got muted. Yeah. So so how common is it for Janet Yellen to to be uh, on those uh, on those uh, conference calls or, or press big podiums? Uh, I don't. In my experience, the Treasury Secretary, in all the years when I was at the SEC, and we filed many, many joint prosecutions with the Department of Justice, and we had lots and lots of press conferences for those things. Um, it was rare that Treasury was there. It was usually the SEC, DOJ, the various U.S. attorneys' offices, sometimes uh, FINRA, the Financial Regulatory Authority, sometimes the state authorities. Because remember, this, these cases are always an alphabet soup of cooperative law enforcement and regulators. Uh, there are always lots and lots of players. And when you have one of those press conferences, a representative from each place is always going to show up. Um, so how often did actually was Treasury in? I can't think of too many. 
I mean, typically, again, yes, maybe, maybe uh, it's the financial criminal, the FinCEN, the financial criminal, um, the National Crime Enforcement Network, OFAC. Those are all treasury organizations, and those all have to do with money laundering. And if you remember, the SEC case does not really have any sort of money laundering claim, anti-money laundering claim in it. I've always felt like the SEC carved out that sort of claim from their case against Binance, leaving it for DOJ. And the reason I thought that is because I remember bringing lots of cases at the SEC where if there's any problem with AML, you can just roll it into an internal controls violation and plead all sorts of facts relating to AML violations. So not lots of cases, but the ones that I worked on, it's just this general, hey, it's an internal controls problem. Uh, whether it's AML, whether it's accounting, you can throw anything into that basket, into that bucket. So, but I always thought it was interesting that in a 76-page complaint that the SEC filed, there really wasn't any mention of money laundering violations when the Reuters report and the CFTC action talked a lot about that. So there could be some money laundering at three o'clock if I were- It also says, uh, as an update to that, just reading what's being reported by the news that they'll, the DOJ will now quote crypto sanctions actions. So who knows, uh, and that, that could align. That, that might have to do here. with, again, those OFAC rules are strict liability. Yep. If you're making yep. payment to a terrorist and you're violating the sanctions acts, there are multiple sanctions acts, then um, you know those, those, those violations, once you've got them, are like shooting fish in a barrel because there is not a there is not really much of a defense. You better I noticed John Deaton is on the call. Whoever those people are, they should hire John Deaton because <laughs> you're talking strict liability. It's very challenging. I mean, it feels like the uh, not to be uh, tinfoil hat, but it's like they're uh, they're rolling out the all star team for the anti crypto army here to make a big announcement yeah. all at once yeah. to 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 put us back in our place a little bit. Maybe, maybe. Well, it's more just whoever works on it gets out there. Lisa's been very, very clear. I know Lisa Monaco. She's been very clear. Her message is a little different than what the FBI would really want her to say. She says, look, if you're using crypto to commit a crime, you're going to get caught. The FBI would say the opposite. I was at the FBI just two weeks ago and had a meeting with a, a okay, bunch hold of on. FBI whoa, whoa, agents. Whoa, whoa, whoa. DOJ to announce finance settlement in press conference today. Boom. Boom. Okay. Real news. Wow. Real news. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, shit. Hold on. I mean, sarcastic. No, no, real, real news. DOJ to announce Binance settlement in press conference today. What's the source? DBG. What's Bloomberg. that? Well, that's big. Uh, and that All is right. the good news. Could be oh, the good we... news that we were looking for. But it is interesting, oh, me... John. I was going to uh, sorry. I was going to say. Carl, really, just, you know... before we... just two seconds. Sorry. Just two seconds. So, so can you read it again? Ran slowly. Can okay. you say it again? DOJ to announce Binance settlement in press conference today. Source is Bloomberg. Big. I was going to say, it's always interesting when we had the initial SEC enforcement actions that the Coinbase and Binance actions were rolled out basically within 24 hours. It was a Monday and a Tuesday. Now we see the Kraken on Monday and now Binance on Tuesday. So it doesn't feel coincidental well, I, the way can, these can roll I, out. Scott, do you mind if I just jump in quickly? Can you, D10 and, and, uh, and others, uh, Silver's here, we've got lawyered ETH. Uh, what does that settlement mean for the industry? What does it mean for Binance? I know John and Joe touched on it already. Um, looks like good news to me. Are you surprised? Should we wait to see what the settlement I mean, is? It's good news for the industry. Yeah, like we don't. Like that's what I was going to say. We don't know what the de the details look, like, but it's always uh, Ryan, good when got settlements a, are made. Ryan, you've got a hot mic, Ryan. Uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Lloyd. 
Yeah, it's always good when settlements are made, and it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, we can always think about how we feel about this once we know all the information, but much rather see, you know, settlements than sabers rattling for the industry. Deaton? I mean, I, I agree with Joe and John that I, I'll be shocked if there's like a deferred prosecution agreement. I, I couldn't imagine operating with a hammer over your head in an anti-crypto world that we live in in the United States. And so uh, I would expect to see a, a, a full settlement, but maybe I'm wrong. Guys, guys, I think that Binance has shut down the U.S. ambitions ages ago. I don't think that they have. I think that they can't. They, yeah, they were crushed. I can't. I, I can imagine. The market, the market is responding. But just quickly, the market is responding pretty positively. Well, it's up to 36. Or was that 36 point? Let me see. 36.5 now, 36.9. Guys, let's put the pieces of the puzzle together. Let's put the pieces of the puzzle together. Number one, this article came out yesterday. Number two, this this thing came out today saying DOJ to announce Binance. Uh, Binance settlement in, pre in, in press conference today. Number three, uh, in that article, it said that negotiations between the Justice Department and Binance include the possibility that its founder, Chaopeng Zhao, would face criminal charges in the US. In the last 24 hours, we had $4 billion uh, transferred from the transferred $3.9 billion to an account in Binance. Literally, an account, uh, four billion or $3.9 billion was transferred in one transaction off Tron, using Tron blockchain into, uh, into, a, into a Binance account. Now, we know that that could be, be redeemed and that could be uh, paid, paid as USD from the Binance account. So, I mean, you're kind of seeing that, you know, it looks like maybe they've settled and, and the $4 billion has been paid. Now, the interesting question here would be what happens to CZ? Was CZ a sacrificial lamb? So you know, you know, did they did they have to sacrifice CZ? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just spec I'm just speculating here. What do you mean? What do you mean by by that Bitcoin's up to 37k now? What do you mean by by uh, sacrifice? Well, I mean, again, I'm only going. Um, what's this? Uh, and Binance, including the possibility that its founder Chaopeng Zhao would face criminal charges in the US. So maybe they'll say they said, look. Let's pay the $4 billion. Let's keep finance alive. Let's keep the industry alive. And let's, and, and, and uh, look, what we know is we know that uh, CZ is going to have to go and face the music uh, in the US. Um, and maybe there's a, it's a situation like the Arthur Hayes situation where Arthur Hayes knew exactly what he was getting into before he went back to the US, you know? So hold on. You still think he'll, he'll still face criminal charges in the US? That was yeah. the speculation. I mean, this is a, a legal impossibility. I, it always bothers me, and I, I wonder what Joe and John think of it. But when you charge a company with fraud and then you don't charge an individual with fraud, it always strikes me. I, I've never brought a case like that in all my career. I, but, but people do it. Justice Department does it sometimes. The SEC does it sometimes. I, I find it, like I said, a legal impossibility. How can a corporation commit a fraud if a person didn't commit that fraud? So it strikes me if you've got all these all-stars showing up at three o'clock, somebody is going to be arrested or has been arrested or is cooperating and somebody is going to go to prison. I, I don't think you get up there just to talk about a civil settlement of that amount when and, and you don't allege any fraud. But again, I'm just guessing. 
but that that's what strikes me. I don't know. Maybe Joe or John disagree or David. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, corporations act through their agents and employees. So you necessarily have to have an agent or an employee that was acting, you know, in furtherance of whatever they're accused of. This is this is just kind of this is just kind of sad to me. I mean, it really is like, you know, I, I've been doing this a long time. I've sued Kraken. I've sued Coinbase. I've sued Binance. I've sued Gemini. If this is the end and this is after all of the piles of shit people have swam through since the creation of these exchanges, and at the end of the day, all these guys created a moat and aren't going to be held responsible, I think it's a sad day. Look, it's good for the industry long term. But we don't, but we don't, but, 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 but hold on, David, we don't know what the charges are. Will, will they be made public if a settlement is reached? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if there's a settlement, if it's all going to be public, I'm just presuming, you know, the way these are all reading. If this really is just a $4 billion slap on the wrist, I mean, I remember that day when the Bizlotto thing came out, we were all taking bets on what the announcement was going to be. I was hardcore. They was going to be Binance that day. We were disappointed. This will just be, I mean, I filed on behalf of my clients over the last five, six years, hundreds of whistleblower cases against almost all of the main players in crypto. You know, the amount of things we were promised, I mean, even just from the ICO days and the original, you know, Mt. Gox days. I mean, all the OGs are getting out of the space. If this is just a $4 billion, they created the mode and paid it, I'm going to be really disappointed today. And I'm not saying that's bad. It's good for the long term of the industry, but it's a sad day for people who were believers in the U.S. government for doing the right thing. It really gives a lot of the people who are on the conspiratorial side of this that, you know, do the crime and just pay the pay pay the fine people they they got what they wanted if that's really the end of this today i hope not i hope you know i still say this elizabeth warren's chief of staff going to the white house and taking this job john doningberg if he's if he really capitulates because it's his new position that's really going to run the white house uh playbook here i can't imagine this is what all of the biden people were and all of the Elizabeth Warren and all of the other anti-crypto people want to see. I just can't believe that. I mean, I don't want to believe that, but hey, maybe it is. David, I, I, I'm very skeptical. Of that. I mean, go back. You know, the CFTC is going to be there as well at this conference. And you got to remember in their complaint, they make specific allegations about Binance employees aware that they are being used to launder money to Hamas. They have that quote in there from a signal message that, we see the crime, but we close two eyes. Um, you know, if they if that is true and the government agrees to this without and just completely ignores that, uh, man, uh, there are there are real problems. Yes, Alex, go ahead. I was. Oh, I was going to say, like, look, I'll, I'll first off say I am not a lawyer. Uh, there's obviously a lot of guys up here who know the technicalities far better than I do. But like, looking at it more from the street media angle and like. One, we all know DOJ does have like a history of sort of playing up announcements. Again, we keep referencing the Bizlotto thing. I think the thing that's like interesting to me is if someone had actually been arrested at this point, like we'd know about it. Every someone involved in crypto gets arrested or taken down even in a foreign country or something. Like it leaks very quickly through whisper networks and onto Twitter and things. So like, I definitely don't think like that you know, CZ has been taken into custody anywhere. And that's what this announcement's going to be. Um, also kind of agree. It does seem insane that like they would be 
agreeing to a settlement given what they've alleged so far, but also going back and looking at like the leaks yesterday, which I totally agree did not come out of the DOJ side. It would make no sense for DOJ to leak it. It definitely feels like a strategic ground softening by someone on the Binance side who wants to like make the news not shock the markets and things. Um, it's weird. Like it both seems wrong, but at the same time, all of the evidence on the ground to me points to, yeah, let's, that's just like what's happening. Let's play out the scenario. And again, it's just a scenario. But if in the event that they announce that there's a $4 billion settlement, finance continues to run under the, the DPA uh, uh, um, thing, and but CZ goes to the US and faces the music in terms of criminal charges, what happens to the markets? Uh, it, it's not happening, man. There's like... CZ's not throwing himself on the on 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 the pyre to like save. Binance. But hold on a second. I mean, I mean, I mean, he's not agreeing. To hold on a second. Hold on a second. CZ could probably get to keep his shares in the business. He goes and does, and I'm just again, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Just playing out the scenario. Um, he goes and does time like Arthur Hayes did time, and I mean, just to be like clear on Arthur Hayes this time. That was house arrest. Okay, right? house arrest. That was house arrest. I mean, let's just quickly talk about let's just quickly talk about uh, what the house arrest was like. So he had an amazing house in Miami, which is worth a couple of million dollars. He had a gym at the house. He was allowed to play beach bats on the beach between certain times and certain times. Um, he got his body into shape. It was probably a year of this, this house arrest. Uh, friends in Miami said that they saw him running around Miami because he was allowed out between the hours of, of X and Y. And I, I mean, they don't quote me on what X and Y is, but he was allowed out in the, in the hours of, of X and Y. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like such a bad... Um, it doesn't sound like, like, like such a bad deal to be honest like yeah cool let's do it let's i'll go i'll do my eight months or nine months or i'll do the one year at house arrest still have full internet um full, i still have full internet i can probably still actually even be in contact with you guys um I, this way i get to keep the shares binance continues to be a powerhouse um we, we close down the u.s operation and yeah that's 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 great i mean i don't know sound uh, sounds sounds like a good deal to me Joe? Yeah, just one other possibility. You know, we're speculating here because we still don't know. Uh, I, I, I know that Scott read the, the Bloomberg article, but I haven't seen it about you know, it being a reference to the Binance settlement. There was that, uh, that uh, announcement yesterday from Tether and OKX about the $225 million, uh, that was frozen of Tether in coordination with the international human trafficking uh, ring that was you know, uh, referenced. So you know, that might be the press conference. That might be the whole, whole story there. We don't, we don't really know if it's Binance. So just but, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, you know, the way these things no, work, no, no, I no. think. What, 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 sorry, what do you mean we don't know if it's Binance? Uh, Scott, didn't you just read that it is about Binance? Well, but he's, uh, the implication is that Bloomberg could be inaccurately reporting. Ah, right? okay. I mean, it's not, you don't know until well, you know. There's what too many, the too many indicators. The Let me tell you how some of this stuff works from my perspective. When you're in government and a big event happens that's really negative, like the the war that's going on in Israel, Okay, and you're seeing these big articles about Hamas getting money from terrorism. Word comes down from the powers that be very quickly, we need to do something about this. And it comes down to the Justice Department. It goes to all the different regulators and everybody gets together very quickly to say, and they've already been getting together in all sorts of joint task forces to say, what are we going to do about this? This is an immediate concern on, and it's a very uh, complex and critical issue coming all the way from the White House from everywhere. What are we going to do? 
And I think this press conference will first and foremost address that issue. That would be my guess as far as what the objective of this press conference is, is to really hone in on this idea of terrorists using crypto to commit heinous acts. I can tell you exactly what it says on the uh, Bloomberg terminal, if you'd like. It's it's not huge, but Joe, it'll give you. Yeah, um, it says uh, DOJ to announce Binance settlement and press conference today from Bloomberg. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland will hold a press conference at 3 p.m. Eastern to announce separate but related cryptocurrency enforcement actions. The Department of Justice said in a statement, the announcement will involve a settlement with Binance, according to two people familiar with the matter. The Justice Department is seeking more than $4 billion from the cryptocurrency exchange as part of a resolution of a years-long investigation, Bloomberg News reported Monday. So this still is Bloomberg reporting, right, without the clear source. But just to be clear, that's a screenshot of a Bloomberg terminal. And, Thanks, and Scott. Notice, notice, Scott, it mentioned multiple actions, separate but related actions as in plural. So I think Joe pointed out is probably accurate. I think we're about to see the height of how bad crypto is coming from the administration on multiple accounts, money laundering, the funding of uh, terrorism, uh, the Binance situation, all of that. I think it's going to be a multitude of issues. And yeah, what does and that then, mean for the, but, uh, hold on, but, but Scott, isn't that, shouldn't that be extremely, oh, Travis is coming up, shouldn't that be extremely good for the market? So I'm sort of confused. It's like, Can this you is imagine, the last, one of the last things that hangs. Wait, did you say Travis is coming up? <laughs> yeah, Travis is coming up. This is like, this, I understand that this is like a year. This is heaven. We have a full, we have a full panel. I'm not sure how you can pop like, yeah. I mean, you, you understand. The last missing person is, this is like the second best thing to see. Go ahead, Duran. You understand that this is Travis's moment. That this is the moment. <laughs> He's here. Hey, Travis. Travis. What's up? Travis, bro. What's this up, is it. This is it. All the tweets, all the time, all the, all the. It's like when you're an Olympian and you run like the yeah. 100 in a couple seconds oh and you've been training your whole life oh and you just God. get your few seconds. So, Tra oh Travis, God, uh, let me interview you. Let me interview you like they interview an athlete at the end of the race. So Travis, uh, was the race, was the tweets all worth it? Are you feeling, uh, are you feeling uh, good about the outcome of this? Do you think four billion is enough? We don't know. We don't yet. know. We don't know. I mean, when I read the, you read the Binance article yesterday, and some of the things that they leave open there uh, around whether or not. Cheng Ping is going to be able to continue operating this business. What's going to happen with the rest of the management team? Obviously, you've already seen a lot of turnover in the management team um, over the last year anyways. But, you know, in, in an outcome where Cheng Ping steps away entirely, the DOJ installs monitors, which the, the Bloomberg article talked about yesterday, and the exchange doesn't collapse in the process. That's that's very bullish. It's very bullish. It's going to clean up. You're, just, you're going to feel a lot better about the foundations of this ecosystem. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little hard to imagine what Binance's role in the ecosystem will be, assuming what I just said comes to fruition. Changping out, rest of senior management out. Um, Maybe and not rest of whoa, whoa, whoa. maybe not rest of senior management out 
maybe Chaoping, maybe Chaoping. I think, look, I think after Yosu, we should try and get his name out. It's not Chengping, it's Chaoping. Um, so I think we should try and get the name right. And maybe he's out and he goes and faces the music in the US, or maybe he's just out of Binance and doesn't need to face the music. But we don't have an industry collapse. And that for me is one of the biggest things that we were worried about. I mean, ultimately after this, there's only one more domino that, that is part of all our previous cycles that still might collapse or could collapse and that's Tether. And we've seen that Tether is very, very, very resilient. And so like, this is like the last of the, this is the last, 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 last of the, um, of the, of the, of the dominoes. Or some would say, uh, I, I mean, some would say that DCG potentially qualifies there, but that's conjecture. I mean, but, I uh, mean, DCG is know, nothing. There's a lot of people who are concerned. Honestly, DCG is nothing. Yeah, it's nothing compared to it's Binance. Not certainly, we also haven't even we, have, we also haven't even mentioned, which is so crazy when you look back on the way that we've talked about things in the past that we haven't even talked about Kraken today, which in it in and of itself at any other point in the cycle would have been the biggest news ever, and it's completely being sort of disregarded, right? Yeah, I don't know. It struck me as a relative non-event. Like yeah, but it wasn't a non-event when the same thing the happened to Coinbase, and this one mentions potentially commingling of funds, from what I read. It's I don't see it as a non-event. I I posted another maybe twenty thousand words on it today. Again, Mario, I know you love the long posts. I think it's worth reading and and listen and looking at what that case is all about. It's just the continuing regulatory onslaught from the SEC. They're going after every single intermediary. There's just going to be well, no one left. It's John, not a scarlet we, letter, maybe, but it, there's no one left. John, I have a question for you. Why? And I'm trying to figure this out. It's a head scratcher for me. You've got the all-star panel that everyone's referring to today at the press release. You've got CFTC there. Why isn't the SEC there? Why aren't they in the lineup? That seems conspicuously absent. I was wondering because, the same thing. Because they're not a, crim because they're not a criminal question. organization. I, because they're not a criminal Yeah, these neither are neither CFTC. But CF neither is CFTC. Yeah, but the charges, you know, but the, charges, the charges that were brought up, that were brought by, uh, against finance, were brought by, against finance by the CFTC. They're also brought by the SEC. SEC is suing them as well. I, the only thing, both. yeah, you're right, Joe, you're right. It, it strikes me as a, a glaring absence, but probably because of what I said before, which is the SEC action just left the money laundering to elsewhere, left the, the terrorism-related charges, the sanctions evasion, those kinds of related actions, those kinds of related charges, which would fall under the rubric of internal controls, left that for DOJ. So maybe because they already had their day with Binance. Remember, it's incredibly unusual. In, in fact, I would say it's unprecedented that the criminal case and the SEC case, uh, if there is a criminal case against Binance, which it sounds like there's going to be, that they weren't filed contemporaneously. Historically, every single case I ever brought in the 20 years that I brought cases at the SEC, when there was a parallel criminal component, you brought them on the same day at the same time and you had a joint press conference about it. Occasionally, on the rare occasion, sometimes the FBI would call and say, hey, this guy's running. We're going to have to arrest him and charge him tonight. Sorry. Um, I know you can't get your ducks in a row. So we would file maybe a week or two weeks later. That happened maybe once or twice. But what we're dealing with in this situation is the SEC, I think they came back from that Voyager hearing when Binance was going to buy Voyager. And the SEC showed up and said, you can't let that happen to the judge. And the judge said, why? And the SEC said, because Binance is a, a market manipulation enterprise. And the judge said, well, that's a bunch of hearsay. You haven't filed anything. And I think the SEC went back and said, we got to do something. And they brought their case against Binance, a very serious case involving the asset freeze. 
And so they've had their day, they've brought their case, they've um, already been litigating. Remember, they're in active litigation with a, a very, very, you know, careful and thoughtful judge here in the district court in DC. So maybe they just don't wanna be in front of the limelight answering questions when, in the middle, when they're in the middle of litigation. And John, maybe can I ask somebody else? Has left yeah. complaints about it. Go ahead, yeah. Just sure. so, so, something quickly, just, uh, just a point of order. Why, why does the DOJ do monetary settlements for criminal charges? Like, how does Binance paying United States government because $4 mafia, billion dollars resolve be, anything? Because they're uh, a mafia. That was the, I, I want to hear John say Because they're a mafia it. like every <laughs> other fucking government in the world. I mean, what, do you need John to tell you that? The U.S. government. No, but really, I mean, you know, why is that? Do you prefer they take criminal action and hurt the industry? I don't get it. <laughs> no, they do We're complaining they, they could both. harm the industry. So which oh, I'm perfectly, well, doing I'm perfectly happy. Happen. I'm perfectly you know, happy with that being the case. I just so want to understand the where the US thinking comes from. That Like every other government well, in the world is a mafia organization. No, 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 Scott. Well, Ryan, I, I disagree. I just remember. I don't get it. I don't get it. So if they, hold on, hold on. That's that's right. two seconds, John. That's just ridiculous. So if they take if they take action and harm the industry, or they're a mafia, they want to destroy the industry. If they don't take action, so they protect the industry and hold someone accountable, or they're a mafia because they get taking money. You, you, you know, there's two ways to get it wrong by the looks of it. Yeah, the lens is is, is incorrect here, guys. I, I appreciate what you're saying, and I sometimes believe the same thing about the government. Also, I, I can't believe they do these asset forfeiture actions. I think they're completely uh, wrong and contrary to what the Constitution requires. But remember, the SEC can co collect a $50 billion penny penalty, but will never see a nickel of it. The SEC is not self-funded. It's funded by Congress. So all that money just goes into the U.S. Treasury whenever the SEC collects anything. There's no bounty program. It doesn't matter how much the SEC collects. It's not going to matter to their budget. They don't yeah, have that, any financial was, Yeah, I was asking more specifically about DOJ. When it turns criminal, uh, civil, I understand you pay your fine, right? I mean, that's, that's how things work at almost every level. It just feels strange. And Mario, I'm not saying I'm not happy about it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it feels strange that paying a sort of arbitrary amount to the government resolves your criminal charges. So I think there might be something deeper here, which I, yeah, is that CZ side. I don't think that happens, though. I don't think you say, hey, let me pay $4 billion and, and instead of going to jail. I, I just don't think that happens. It's certainly, you know, remember, DOJ prosecutors are, are human. They, they want to bring people to justice. They don't want to make these kinds of deals. And that goes from the top all the way to the bottom. It's a very independent organization, although you have political appointees who certainly have their own agendas. But it's certainly, I can speak personally at the SEC, you're always, remember, that's only civil fines, only disgorgement and right. other that's kinds of Right, that's what you penalties. have to go for. That's my point. Yeah. That's what you have to go but, for. It just feels like, I mean, the United States spent $4 billion since I asked you the question about the $4 billion. <laughs> I'm with you. I get that. I get that. I, I guess... But I, my guess is that there will be all these people are not showing up at this press conference without some sort of arrest warrant for somebody. I certainly wouldn't let my boss show up. I was also counselor to the director of enforcement for two different directors of enforcement while I was chief of the Office of Internet Enforcement. And I would not be showing up at a press conference when someone wasn't going to jail for something. So you're, I mean, so you're saying that there will be there will be there will be there will be an arrest warrant. It's, it's unavoidable for CZ. Is that what you're saying? Some, oh, I don't know for CZ. I'm just saying somebody, somebody is has already been arrested or somebody has already pled guilty. But There's who is there? But is there someone? But is the there someone other than CZ? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, but John, the bigger question is really not 
necessarily CZ. It's not necessarily, you know, what what is going to be announced in terms of a, you know, a restitution penalty settlement today. You, wh- but the key question is, what are the state of the books and records of Binance? And regardless of whether CZ is there or not, I cannot believe a settlement agreement would be entered into, which would not at least give DOJ, to your point, you know, the full uh, rights to a colonoscopy of Binance, which to me, uh, whether he's there or not, right, that presents a systemic risk to the industry. Yeah, that would be the most pathetic settlement I've ever seen. If it doesn't have a monitorship, you you find somebody right. four billion dollars and then you don't set up a monitorship. I mean, we we at the SEC we find people a hundred thousand dollars and set up a monitorship. So exactly, I, I can't imagine. What does what does it what? Are, so two questions, and this is more of a market question. Why do you think the market is not reacting as positively as I would have expected if there's a settlement? It went up to thirty-seven k. yesterday. We had the same news. The, the news was presented yesterday, even though it's being confirmed today. Well, okay. the mar- well, ahead, what, hap- what happened? To, what happened to the market yesterday? It wasn't the same. Philosophy of going. No, it was lawyer, but the philosophy of going after charging a lot of money. I mean, so putting someone in jail doesn't disincentivize the the. the shareholders and the directors generally from malfeasance and it doesn't take the the just doesn't discourage any of the profits so even criminally when it's a company you know a massive financial hit is more of a deterrence in many cases than saying you know your patsy goes to jail and you can keep operating oh, it's, it's i agree with that and i agree with that in principle but uh i would say that if if it's really cz that's at the forefront that would uh, be a pretty major deterrent to anyone at finance but i agree with you go ahead James, yeah, I, I have spent some while thinking about this because this is one of our key client questions what systemic risk does binance have to the markets and if you were to ask me at the start of the year um if you looked just specific at bitcoin because it's easy to calculate um Binance made up 85% of Bitcoin's trading volumes. Um, that's globally. So it was massive. So something happened to Binance, it actually has a huge systemic risk to the market. But since that point, um, you know, since all this regulatory action and the end of the, um, the fee holiday at Binance, its market share has fallen to 30%. So the answer is increasingly less systemic risk over time. Um, and, you know, let's say, Binance got arrested or something happened today or tomorrow, um, it might rock the market a little bit. But I think this is a reason why the markets are just kind of shrugging off and not paying too much attention to it. That and but they, is that James, yeah, sorry, finish off. Yeah, I'll say that and that, you know, people are now distinguishing between an individual like Sam Bankman Freed and what the crypto market represents, which is two different things, you know, a centralized entity and a decentralized one. Uh, question though, does that essentially confirm that there is no witch hunt against crypto? Otherwise, they wouldn't settle. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I don't well, think so. well, you've got if there was a witch hunt against crypto, we wouldn't be seeing the impending launch of a Bitcoin ETF. Uh, you know, I think now we just got to distinguish between what passes a Howey test and what doesn't. I mean, that's a really hard. I, I can't do that, but. It's clear. I have, James, I have to disagree with that. I have to disagree with that. I think actually the Bitcoin spot ETF is their sort of face saving ability to throw the industry a bone while they still go after everything else on the on the other side. I mean, this, you know, yeah. Uh, and Mario, I think the Kraken enforcement action yesterday, we can say that uh, it's shrugging off, quote unquote, good news. We don't know the good news. It's also shrugging off bad news. It's just news is not uh, moving the market, I think, at this point in either direction. That Kraken news you know, if it had come alongside Coinbase and Binance, original enforcement actions would have definitely would have definitely done so. Dave, I see you giving all kinds of thumbs ups, downs, hundreds. Uh, what do you got? What do you got? 
What's the before Dave speaks? Because takes a while for him to unmute. What's the market look like? If Dave is speaking, I can't hear him. What's the market look like, Scott? Or can someone, anyone I mean, somewhat flat. I think it's just oh. not not reacting. I mean, we can say, yeah, it's up from 36.637. I mean, that's the implied volatility of Bitcoin at any given five minutes. So I can't draw any what conclusions. Does, and was Dave speaking, by the way, and I couldn't hear him? Or I didn't hear him. Dave, can you speak? Yeah. Yeah. While Dave is trying to speak, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just for now. the host. Yep. Hold on. Just for the host, uh, please, uh, admin uh, or, or co-host Scott or Ryan, so we can get one of them up because the panel is full. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Dave. Dave. Oh, okay, you're back. Yep. Go ahead. But it's not. Uh, I've been sitting here watching our, you know, order book viewer. We take an aggregated book. Just looking at Bitcoin Tether, looking at all those things. The the amount of times that the market has been backward with massive imbalances in both directions over the last half hour. I've been taping some of it to try to do a demo. It's been huge. Volumes are large. There's lots of cross currents. The point is that there are stories in both directions here. You know, there's the Kraken story, there's the Binance story, and the Binance story, no one really knows. I mean, we don't know what the monitorship, I mean, John is right. I mean, there could be severe issues and people don't know what it is. Obviously, can you, Dave, can you just explain to us again, what is the, what, what is monitorship? What does it include? What does it involve? It's like BitMEX, when they settled, uh, lost, they went from the dominant exchange which Binance is right now for derivatives to and also ran. And there's lots of, of people, lots and it's because it's the number uh, one. Dave, exchange. you keep cutting, Dave, 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 you keep cutting in and out unless it's not, it's only for me. Um, but so, so while Dave, I don't know if you can fix your internet connection because it's, it's hard to, to keep up what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but in the meantime, yeah. and, and I'm, um, yeah, well, go ahead, Dave. While, while, while we're carrying on, while we're carrying on, um, just, uh, things. One is I'm going to, I'm going to go live on YouTube later and actually trade the announcement. So if the market dips, maybe buy it. If the market spikes, I don't know, we'll play, play When around. and how long, and how long is the announcement? Uh, in about, I'm going to go live in about three and a quarter hours, and then it's in about four hours, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so if, if anybody wants to join, the second thing is there's uh, someone in the audience, I think his name is Marshall Long. He said that uh, I corrected Travis on pronouncing Chaoping Zhao's name incorrectly, uh, and I also pronounced it incorrectly. So I wonder if he wants to maybe come up and just tell us to pronounce it. He's, no, he's he's, uh, he's, uh, he's not here, he's not here, he was here earlier. Hello, but, Marshall. Uh, there. Just, yeah, yeah. So, so just quickly, guys, on the um, and Dave, not sure if your your mic is back. Um, you're talking about monitorship, what that involves, and is it fair to conclude that essentially the DOJ kind of threw Binance under the bus and CZ potentially under the bus um, without trying not to harm crypto in the meantime? Which is another way of looking at it is that the 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 big players right now. We've said this before. The big players right now, and over the the people, the, the players that built the industry. Um, had been, you know, picked off one after the other. Tether's probably one of the few left standing. And then you've got the the TradFi guys coming in and taking over that market share. Is that a fair conclusion from everything we've seen over the last uh, over the last year? Because it seems like this almost seems like a conclusion to an incredible uh, Lord of the Rings tri trilogy. Except unless Tether something happens with Tether. Otherwise, we've just kind of finished off with with all the bad news as Ryan mentioned earlier. This internet is better. We have two. Uh, Dave, your mic is worse. Have Dave. Yeah. Yeah, Dave. Uh, yeah, Dave, your, your, your mic is bad. But that, I want to go with that same question to Simon. Because, Simon, we've been doing, we've been covering this since the early days. And uh, one of the few, I remember a few moments on the show. And one of them is when you were talking about the three big players left. It was DCG, Tether, and Binance. 
Uh, DCG, obviously in progress, but I've, uh, in my opinion, has been priced in. Binance is kind of coming to a conclusion in three hours, if it hasn't already. And Tether's the last one standing. Um, so the same question I asked Dave. Want to get your thoughts on it, Simon? Yeah, it does feel when, when we look at it in retrospect that there has been some kind of management of trying to, you know, um, at the most skeptical we could say is a complete attack on the market and a TradFi takeover. Um, at the same time, it does feel like they've been managing somewhat of an orderly wind down. Um, so they've been trying, you know, if you, if you look back at the last year or so, remember when they first started talking about Binance, their biggest fear was making, or what they said was their biggest fear. We don't know what they say, whether what they say and do and mean are the same thing. Um, but they did say they wanted to, um, they were scared that it might cause a bank run and create systemic risk. Um, and that would be massive harm to investors, as we saw in FTX and all the others as they, um, as they start being dependent upon each other. Um, so to me, it does feel like you've got bullishness in that there will be additional investor protections. There will be segregation of custody. There will be securities disclosure in our sector moving forward. And there will be Bitcoin, which is a commodity and decentralized that doesn't need to mess around with all that stuff. Um, and all of that's becoming clearer. I think there's still questions around what is staking in the US. Um, is staking as a service going to be treated differently to staking on chain? Um, digital currency group, I think it's, you know, that's going to work through its legal process. Um, but if there is going to be a transition for GBTC or whether it's going to be an unwind of GBTC, it looks like they want an ETF at the same time. So to me, it does all indicate that there is an industry here. Uh, Bitcoin is going to change the world. If we could have shut it down, we should have done it in cycle one. We tried it in cycle two with the regulatory crackdown. That didn't work, and Bitcoin just keeps getting stronger and stronger. So if you can't beat it, join it, and let's let our traditional players um, and make sure that we can remove all these conflicts of interest. It's, if you really read between the lines of Kraken, it's still not clear how the SEC wants people to custody, have trading, you know, have leverage, and how you separate all these functions within the, within the cryptocurrency sector. So to me, this is just one stage closer of US deciding what it wants. It doesn't want these international players. And I still do think it's going to try and implement some kind of regulations that makes DeFi or things like Tether unworkable by just saying if you're in if you engage with anyone in the US then you need to meet these requirements which are impossible to meet under the existing rule without being registered in the US um, and then how that could break the whole DeFi model because then you have to distinguish between the geolocations and I think that's always been their plan they were just looking for the right time to do it yeah quickly uh, John Deaton uh, is there anything new in this Kraken? We haven't really talked about it in this Kraken action that we saw yesterday from the SEC. I, I didn't get a chance to read too deeply into it. I did see a mention of uh, uh, funds potentially being commingled, which we I don't believe saw in Coinbase. Or, but is is there anything new here? Or is it more of the same? It's mostly more of the same, except uh, there is uh, $33 billion, uh, alleged to be commingled with customer funds that led to accounting errors because uh, in their financial statements, they say, and I, I didn't get through the complaint. There seems to be a, a, you know, with the Coinbase case, it was really secondary sales, but in this Kraken case, 
I think they also have an element of primary sales where that's almost, you know, alleging that they're the issuer. It's a primary sale as opposed to a direct sale as opposed to a secondary sale. So the SEC is tweaked their because uh, of Ripple. Right. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. They've tweaked it. And and the most interesting thing to me is, you know, this is now in the Northern District of California. And so you have, you know, two pending cases, Dragon Chain uh, in Seattle, which is the Ninth Circuit. And you have Northern District of California in the Ninth Circuit. And of course, you have the Ripple and Coinbase case in the Southern District of New York. I personally believe that the SEC is very concerned with the Coinbase motion to dismiss before Judge Felia, which the oral argument is January 17th. I think it has real teeth. Usually a motion to dismiss, I'd give it less than 10% chance. And I think this one has real potential, maybe not on the staking side of the house, but I think it's possible whether it's major questions or Judge Felia says in blind bid ask secondary market sales, how he just doesn't apply as a matter of law. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that it's got more teeth than people think. And I think that they're worried about that. And there's a reason this was filed in California. In so the- they're, hedging, they're hedging their bets by basically a spray and pray approach that. around the country with different uh, districts. Perfect way of saying it, hedging their bets. Uh, they're not feeling, I don't think they're feeling real good in front of Judge Felia, just like they weren't in front of Judge Torres. So we'll see. Right. I, then I guess the question is why why bring the action if they feel that they're going to lose? But I think, uh, you know, if they do it with different wording, it's sort of an updated uh, version of what they were doing with Coinbase. So that would make sense. Yeah. And I think the Ninth Circuit, I think there's, I think there's forum shopping for a more friendlier type judge, more uh, friendlier type jurisdiction that has different uh, appellate case law. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think we're you know, the thing about it, just imagine Kraken paid $30 million thinking they were buying peace a year ago from here uh, on their staking element. And then they get they get sued anyway. So it's, uh, you know, the anti-crypto agenda is in full swing. Yeah, that yeah, John, yeah, you're, you're right on that. It's rare that the SEC brings one case, settles it and then brings another one. But uh, you have to think that that. Uh, Kraken had to know that that other case was coming. I don't think they were blindsided, I, but it, it's unusual. You usually bring it all in one shop, but you know, all bets are off. The rules are different. As far as form shopping, you know, I, I did that all the time. I tried to pick out the right venue. Federal venue means what state, but um, everybody's got a different opinion on that when you actually start going through the calculus. So typically the way it ended up with me with a lot of our cases was, which was the most convenient for our witnesses and the most convenient for the lawyers. Maybe some of the lawyers are on the West Coast. Um, you do have Judge Rakoff's decision, right, John? That that in the Southern District, that's pretty compelling. The the Terra motion to dismiss decision that Judge Rakoff wrote. Yeah, but you got to remember that's a motion to dismiss where in the complaint it was alleged a mass marketing. Uh, effort that would have reached secondary users and in a motion to dismiss, as you know, John, you have to assume all the allegations as true. And so I've always thought that the Judge Rakoff decision is not that inconsistent uh, as everyone made out to be with Judge Torres. And Judge Torres, even in her interlocutory appeal denial, said, look, I never even said that a secondary sale couldn't be an investment contract for Howie. And, and she narrowed it to the facts of the case, 
that the SEC didn't just allege enough uh, facts to prove that secondary market transactions with XRP are. And so, you know, yeah. the programmatic I, I sales, think, that, think, that seems think, yeah. inconsistent, John, right? Like the, the, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. What, what facts would change the dynamic where you don't know uh, if you're buying from the original issuer? I mean, it, it seems like the logic would hold to all secondary market sales. I know she has that footnote in there, but but how, how do you reconcile that? Well, I mean, we had affidavits saying that uh, that we submitted basically uh, that she referred to in her decision stating that uh, people were buying XRP who were unaware of Ripple, unaware of Ripple's existence and buying it for other reasons. And so, right. But I mean, that would be true for any token. Right. Anybody. You could always get affidavits for any any token that's saying that the buyers on Coinbase or other platforms don't know, uh, you know, who's behind the token. Well, I guess what I'm saying is I think that the industry celebrated uh, the Torres decision as an industry wide. But when you read her decision in the interlocutory appeal denial, she really limits it to the to the to the facts. And and I think that when you look at the Kwan and the UST and all that and you look at the different evidence that's alleged than was in Ripple, that they're not that inconsistent. I mean, I know a lot of people disagree with me, but. You know, that's my view on it. Well, but doesn't she, John, doesn't she seem to say, don't use my decision as precedent? That's what I thought was the strongest message in that interlocutory appeal decision that she made. Yeah, she just basically, and remember, she decision even entirely on facts and circumstances. She tied it to the facts of the case. Yes, she narrowed it to the facts of this case and, and basically saying it's it's not to be viewed as wide precedent. I agree with right. that. John. Right. So that's what I mean. I don't know that the staff would be that intimidated to go back into the Southern district where they're very comfortable with the SEC staff and bringing the case. I, I, so I'm not sure, you know, that they were form shopping when they went to California because of that interlocutory appeal, but you might be right. It might just be that they might've just said, you know what, let's just try somewhere different. We're not in the mood, or it might've been a matter of convenience, which, because Again, so many people have so many opinions as to where you should file a case when you're the federal government, because you really can go anywhere. We filed a lot of our cases in D.C., and every time we, we won five different motions for change of venue, there's, there's no way to change venue in, in a federal SEC action. There's always good reason to keep it there. Yeah, yeah. well, I just, I, just I, I think when you look at the way the, the first uh, hearing went with Judge Felia, when you look at a Uniswap decision, I think the SEC intentionally wanted to stay out of Southern District of New York on this cracking case, but I could be yeah. wrong. Uh, and there are other legitimate reasons to file it elsewhere, as John articulated. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. So I, I don't want to comment on the, the the legal debate because honestly, you know, that's above my pay grade. Uh, what we can say, though, is going on in the market is some very interesting stuff. I mean, for starters. Uh, we've seen lots, and I mean lots of cross markets out this morning, bigger than normal. We're seeing the CME futures and the Bitcoin futures trading at $600 premiums to December. Uh, it was between three and 400 yesterday, and the math says it should be around 120. So in terms of the way interest rate calculations. So you're seeing interesting flows all around. The, all around. Volumes are generally higher. Uh, and there's lots of speculation because people don't really know what will happen. The question that Mario asked earlier, I think is important, is will Binance be degraded in any way in their operation? Will matter to global liquidity, but at a bare minimum, certainty is what markets like. 
right? Markets like certainty. I think someone said that before. So assuming we get a definitive conclusion there, that will matter. As for the Kraken case, I mean, I'm not nearly as as utopian as Simon. I think that the the big deal there is, while I fully agree that commingling customer funds is a bad idea and applaud lots of efforts throughout the industry to stop that practice and to do things, you know, like Copper and Bitco are doing together and many other uh there, there, that is a good thing to happen. The fact is, without understanding what's a security and without rules that could actually work, it's going to go nowhere. The real issue with all of those litigations is the major questions doctrine. And I'd love to hear what the lawyers say about that, because Congress has been rather loud. Uh, there are bills that have gotten out of committee. It's pretty clear what a lot of people think, but there doesn't seem to be the ability to get anything passed, at least not in this election year. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to that. And also the Coinbase motion to dismiss, which usually has no chance. But in this particular case, a lot of people on this panel think that it actually has a chance and how that will impact all of this. Simon? No, Simon, before, can I, can I ask a separate question, Scott? I don't understand why the market is not celebrating this. I know you guys touched on it earlier. Because there's no clarity yet, and there's still some bad news overhanging. I mean, Kraken's bad, bad news, right? Not bad news. It's expected news. Like, you really think SEC actually think gives I, Kraken I, is bad news? I, yes, I, mean, I do. Mario, I think when you, when you think of the market, you have to understand that we're in this, this range situation now. New money is waiting right? <laughs> and the money that's recycling inside of the crypto markets is uh, is indeterminate right now. I mean, there, none of this stuff is obvious. I mean, let's just see what happens uh, at three. Every time people have, have bought the rumor to the news uh, over the last few months, they've gotten burned. And I mean, burned badly. And so uh, be, be very careful. I don't think that a lot of people are going to jump in with both feet saying, okay, everything is there. What was, what was the source? What was the source of the first uh, story, the $4 billion one yesterday? New York, not Bloomberg. New York Times. Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Oh, Bloomberg is the source for both of them. People yeah, Mario, your mic is also whatever. rough. Yeah, your mic is rough. Whatever uh, language they use about, according to people, close to the matter that prefer to remain anonymous or, or whatever like that. I, I mean, I think the price action around it is because, yeah, you still just don't know, like, you know, what the outcome for Binance is going to be. I mean, you don't know whether or not Changping is going to continue to be able to run this company. You don't know what the fate of BNB. Why does that matter? If, crypto, Travis, Travis is my mic is, is my mic better? Yeah, you're better. Yeah, so why does that matter? Like, why does the market care of CZ? You know, I, I, I really like CZ and I hope he can still run the company, but why do, why do people, why does the market care if CZ can run the company or not? The market just wants to know whether there's going to be systemic risk or not. And by the looks of it, I'm if this rumor is true, the systemic risk has been taken out of the equation. No, yeah, because I think you just, you still don't know what the end result of Binance is going to be, and Binance is a very big part of the market. It's a very big part of the alt market. I mean, we don't know, you know, I mean, they have a proof of reserves number that's out there. You know, you can decide whether or not you believe what that is. If you believe that number, that's a very, very big number. You, you know, if they install a monitor on top of that, like what percent of Binance customers' uh, assets are gray and black market money that are going to get spooked? If the DOJ then has, you know, a team full of people looking at Binance all the time and then that money moves and then what happens there, 
So I think there's just sort of this knock on effect of, you know, the fate of B&B, I think, is still probably quite uncertain here, too. It, it does kind of seem like we're setting up for like a larger version of what happened with BitMEX, just a bigger version of that. And BitMEX kind of faded into obscurity, um, but nobody, you know, they had all of the customers money um, and there wasn't a collapse around that. And that um, and that may end up being the same case for Binance. Now, a very big difference was that there was no BitMEX coin. So you could imagine, like, if there was a BitMEX coin, there was the fifth largest crypto and then BitMEX's fate ended up being what it was. Well, then, like, you know, what would happen to the price action around right. this BitMEX coin? Like FTT, right? I mean, FTT yeah. still exists. Yeah, but that was a collapse, right? I mean, you, I mean, you guys have been hearing me ramble about this now for <laughs> nine months or some shit, right? Like, uh, there was always these different paths around and there was always a path. I mean, you, you can many times I came on here and I said, my base case is not that this thing collapses FTX style. It was just that the risk of that was much higher than would be comfortable to keep your assets on that exchange. Um, and I think, I think it's, it, it, you know, it's looking more and more likely that that's right, that it's not going to collapse FTX style, but being the fate of BNB, it's like, you know, I mean, Cheng Ping steps down, they pay a $4 billion fine. There's DOJ monitors installed for the next however many years on this thing. You see a mass exodus of uh, withdrawals from the fund because people don't want to be watched by the DOJ anymore, which would make all the sense in the world. And then the volume just continues to dry up and continues to dry up and you know, right. that's a positive scenario. A positive. I think Binance being, I was just saying, I think Binance being slowly marginalized was always the best situation. And we've yes. seen that already. Yes. Right. So, yes. um, you know, not the best situation for Binance. And especially if they have not done anything wrong, that would be quite tragic. I mean, it feels like Binance US was uh, murdered with no due process just by, you know, p passive, uh, p passive accusations. That's unfortunate, but for the industry as a whole, seeing you know CME uh, futures pass Binance and open interest is something that people should probably be celebrating. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. but it's hard to know what the all. I mean, I mean, I've talked about this on here before too, right? You're starting to imagine what the next bull cycle is going to look like. You know, it looks like we're you know in the second or third inning of one or whatever the you know at the beginnings of a new bull market. And specifically as it relates to alts, Binance was such a critical epicenter for alts that trying to imagine what the next alt bull market is going to look like, you have to take a view on what's going to happen with Binance. And so I, I agree. there was all, yeah, there was these three paths, right? The first path was status quo, Binance catches some slap on the wrist, and but it continues to operate uh more or less status quo with it continues to have its same dominant market position that's already looking less and less likely like the outcome second yeah. position is their dominance uh is hit considerably and they do this kind of fade into uh obscurity type of thing like bitmex and then the third was like an ftx style collapse and it seems like we're narrowing in on that second outcome and again, trying to imagine what a alt like it's like. Where's the liquidity going to go? Where's alt trading going to go? You know, where market makers? You know, you got the DWFs of the world that are instrumental in pumping small caps, that are you know a big part of uh, 
sort of manufacturing the reflexivity that starts new bull cycles. Like it's like if they can't do that on centralized exchanges, like where is that type of price action, you know, going to go, going to emanate from? So I think it's it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Another thing we didn't even mention today, Travis, is that for people who started in 2016, 17, like me, there was no Binance. We all traded on Bittrex, <laughs> right? And Bittrex US disappeared and now Bittrex Global yesterday announcing that they're winding down. Interesting. Simon, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, it does feel like um, we're moving to a world of less systemic risk in our sector, which is a good thing. Um, I mean, if if Binance did actually go down and it was in dramatic fashion, I'm sure there'd be a lot of players that, that would take down with it and we'd see um, a cascade. But maybe many have uh, also hedged against that. But I think the fact that nothing really happened, because if you think about it, I mean, maybe David Silver thinks differently because he's always on the other side of suing. Um, but Kraken's always been considered like a good player in our market. Um, and so that was shocking news, I think. I. Obviously, I have to say that because I'm a shareholder for the bias out there. Um, but but people view the same as Coinbase, by the way, and you know, uh, so I don't think that people have ne- necessarily changed their bias as a result of SEC enforcement action. But yeah, yeah I but agree. I mean, a, a headline of commingling client funds is different to unregistered securities offering. I think um, so. You know, that's quite that's quite a dram- a dramatical headline in terms of the difference with um, what they're saying with Coinbase. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But the fact that it didn't really affect the market, I mean, you know, Kraken's a 2011 exchange, they're a really important, uh, they were, uh, you know, a really important player. But I think the fact that we're just getting this diversification is good. Um, but speaking of flow, I, I've got a question. I'd love if uh, anyone can actually answer this. Um, whose bank account in the end does that $4 billion actually end up in? Like, is it is it going to be DOJ and they'll use it for more enforcement? Does it go up to Treasury? Um, I don't think there's any restitution or so it won't go to any victims or anything like this. Uh, does it end up paying off some of the, the interest on U.S. debt? Like, does anyone actually know the flow of funds and, and where that ultimately lands? Anybody know the answer to that question, John? Yeah, uh, David's got his hand up. The four four billion dollars. It's the treasury. Four billion dollars is going to pay fifteen minutes of uh, the interest rate on U.S. debt. (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's there's some odd federal agencies out there that actually get to raise their fees, and they're as a result, they all they have to do, like the post office, right? All they have to do is raise the price of a stamp to get more money in their budget. But it's not like that with DOJ. So I the, the the money, as I understand it, just goes into the Treasury. I'm not sure exactly how it's rooted. Um, but, you know, and as far as the, the Kraken lawsuit goes, I, I do kind of agree with John Deaton that there are a few differences, but it's generally the same as Coinbase. I think that commingling is a serious allegation. Um, the chief compliance officer there is an old friend of mine. We started together at the SEC Enforcement Division. His name is CJ Rinaldi. He's absolutely a hundred percent honest guy, uh, an incredibly capable lawyer with extraordinary experience. So I, I think that there's, if there is any possible legality to this going through, if you've got CJ in there, if you see CJ resign, then I think it's time to jump ship yourself. But so long as CJ is still working there, I think there's hope in the sense that they're trying to do the right thing. That. Uh, I know CJ would walk away the moment he saw something that wasn't right 
or that he even a hint of anything that was wrong. So if that means anything to anyone. Yeah, but I'll, I'll jump in following that one up. How ironic would it be if Binance resolves its issues today? There is a big difference between the Coinbase and Kraken case because of that commingling allegation. There's no legal way that Kraken will be able to dismiss this case. That case is moving forward. Kraken would now be the bad boy of U.S. exchanges. I mean, contrary to what Simon was saying, you know, it's not just the, you know, they were, even if they were perceived as the good guys, legally, they're going to have to go fight this as a brawl all the way down. I don't agree, you know, with John and, you know, Dean who was saying, or Dave, Dave, you know, when they were saying the motion to dismiss with Coinbase has teeth, you know, it, it's still, even with teeth, you're looking at like a, 80% failure rate on that motion to dismiss, and 20% is historically a wild uh, increase in the typical result. But at the end of the day, Kraken now, if Binance really resolves itself today, which God help us all, if that's the case, I can't believe it. But if that really does, Kraken's going to be the last one standing, being the ones defending themselves and what they did. And I've said this for a while. You know, my first lawsuit against Kraken was probably in around 2015. My first Coinbase was in 2014. There is a lot of difference in the skeletons in the closet from the old days to what's happened in the last three, four years. And there's a lot of things that in all of these crypto exchanges from way back in the day, there are bodies that were buried uh, euphemistically that, you know, they can be, those bodies can be dug up and used by the SEC, DOJ, CFTC, FINRA, uh, FinCEN. And go after these guys for a lot of dirty deeds that aren't necessarily happening today. Um, so at the end of the day, um, it just would be ironic if Kraken was the last one standing with a legal problem. It would. Dave, go ahead. And then uh, we'll probably head towards wrapping after this and because uh, we're going to get the actual news this afternoon and be able to unpack it. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I just wanted to point out something. You were talking about, you know, that how good it was at the CME. Uh, you know, open interest past Binance. I mean, sort of. Uh, understand that the bid offer spread on the CME is somewhere in the neighborhood of 20x uh, the bid offer spread on whether it's Binance or OKX or Deribit or whatever. You know, basically significantly higher trading costs involved with trading on the CME. And for those who want to understand why a spot Bitcoin ETF matters so much and how investors are being so badly harmed by futures ETFs, to right now, I just did the calculation, the spread to December from November, which is expiring on Friday, which means the futures ETF has to roll uh, either today or you know tomorrow or the day after, uh, is now at 1.7%. That that's literally 1.7% in a month. You could do the math compared to interest rates. That just doesn't make any sense. But that's pure cost or pure drag to investors. The, the CME basically is not a perfect venue. Uh, it's a venue that has significant issues in terms of liquidity and frictional costs. Doesn't mean that it's not a good place to trade. I mean, hell, CoinRouse has a ton of clients who trade on the CME and, in fact, you know, arbitrage this stuff. But the fact is, is let's not lionize the way uh, those markets work. The overseas markets, while they have their issues that the people are, are, are trying to resolve, uh, are much more efficient. From an oh, yeah, I agree. I, I was just speaking more broadly on the fact that <clears throat> American institutional interest may be outweighing, uh, you know, retail interest that was oh, traded clearly, by the clearly, clearly true. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and one last point about Kraken. I mean, David, I mean, you know, look, <laughs> I, I understand, you know, from a plaintiff's bar perspective, you know, there's all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, the real question is with commingling of funds is a bad process. I have been talking about that Jesus, for the six plus years that I've been in the industry as, as, as a bad idea and a conflict of interest. The real question is, has anyone been harmed by it? Has anything been lost? Kraken doesn't really operate a derivative exchange, and I don't think they offer leverage anymore uh, in the main exchange. Obviously, if it's Kraken futures are being commingled, well, that would be a huge problem. But it, it, it's really a question of investor harm. And something that I, I tweeted about this morning, you know, back to you know Congressman Davidson is, all of these lawsuits, I mean, in the DOJ's case, you know, they are basically going after something that, well, it's not investor harm, but it's, you know, obviously harmful uh, to finance terrorism. That matters. But in a lot of these SEC actions, they're technical violations with no investors being harmed. And I think that that's a distinction that, that really does need to be taken up. Lastly, one positive point is on Tether. Uh, there was a story this morning that I haven't heard anyone comment on where uh, the, the DOJ thanked Tether for cooperation in in a money laundering case. And, and that may seem small, but depending on what happens this afternoon, that could be a big deal because that's literally the one domino in the system that worries that, that that's bi even bigger than Binance is if Tether falls. Uh, is there, you know, is there an outlet for people in Argentina or other places to transfer money? but more importantly, to buy alts. So I'll, I'll leave with that. One way to think about that comparison is Tether's, I think Tether's frozen 1,500 plus addresses. Um, so it certainly seems like the Department of Justice, whenever they want an address frozen, uh, it's really easy for them to do that. And you could kind of compare that to this, this monitorship concept. It was talked about in the Bloomberg article, John and some other guys up here have, have talked about this concept and like, if that ends up being a part of Binance's future, then maybe the the sort of fate of uh, illicit money movements on Binance will just end up sort of like Tether with, you know, 1500 addresses. And, you know, they just had a two hundred twenty five million dollar freeze, which was uh, actually, I actually saw the stat that that two hundred twenty five million dollar Tether freeze yesterday, I didn't look this up, but I just saw in a tweet, was the same as the aggregate of all Tether frozen combined ever before that, which is like a crazy stat, assuming it's true. Um, but I just think that that's, that's probably a decent way to just think about comparing those two things and those two entities yeah. with what the Makes future sense. might Simon, like. Simon, uh, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap after Simon. Uh, go ahead and give us your final thoughts and, and share whatever you got. Yeah, I was just going to uh, bring something in that may have slipped through the cracks at small, um, but also just on the, the tether side. Yeah, this again, I think this reiterates our ongoing debate around that. I think stable coins are a significant improvement in terms of the tools and capabilities um, for those that say we don't want stable coins because of anti-money laundering. It just shows that I think being able to freeze $225 million for uh, human trafficking and be able to see that on chain and everybody be able to detect that, um, I think is an improvement on what can be hidden within the within the banking system. Um, but so, you know, that's that's that one. And one thing that did just slip through because there was so much um, out there, um, but the SEC uh, did, there was an announcement that the SEC has approved 
um, Celsius to reorg as a mining operation, but rejected um, putting any other type of assets and it doing staking. Yeah. And so that's led to the group that was meant to be doing the reorganization Fahrenheit. Um, they're no longer going to be doing the reorganization. So oh um, we're kind we'll of going to unpack that one another day. <laughs> yeah, we're going through our Voyager Crazy. Um, situation now. Terrible. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, there was one more like very slight piece of breaking news here from Forbes. Binance CEO CZ in discussions to step down as criminal investigation ends. But again, I think we'll wrap now and unpack this all uh, either later or tomorrow. So crazy. It's a seemingly a never ending news flow on this, but uh, we will have our clarity in about three hours. Thank you, everyone. Uh, all of our guests. Amazing to have uh, such incredible experts to really unpack this for us. Uh, we'll see you all I, if we decide to go on later. I think Rand said he's going on YouTube. Otherwise, see you all tomorrow and we'll have a lot to talk about. Thanks. Bye, everyone.